welcome to the Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Your share will be appropriate or on topic. Please participate by listening. The recording equipment will not be turned off for any reason. If you wish to share, please speak directly into the microphone so the listener can follow you. If you wish not to be recorded, we invite you to participate by listening or attending another session. Please do not touch any of the recording equipment. After the facilitators share on the topic, they will read, um, here are the guidelines for sharing at this meeting. In sharing, we ask that members with five years or more sobriety share share first, then one to four years. If time allows, others will be invited to share so as to focus on the solution. If you would like to share, please come up ahead of your turn and make a line by sitting in the assigned chairs up front. Um, I guess these are our assigned chairs up front. When you, uh, when it is your turn to share, please speak directly into the mic so that everyone can hear you. In participation, we avoid topics that can lead to dissension or distraction. We also avoid sexually explicit Uh, sexual descriptions, and sexually abusive language. The emphasis is on honesty, recovering, and healing. How to apply to 12 steps and 12 traditions in our daily lives. No crosstalk, please. If anyone feels another is getting inappropriate, explicit, or is focusing excessively on the problem rather than on the solution, they may so signify by quietly raising their hand. Although this is an anonymous meeting, please remember that anonymity does not mean, anonymity does not mean legal confidentiality. Please do not share any felony for which you have not been adjudicated, else we will be required to inform law officials to protect the injured. Please uh, be mindful of what you share uh, to not break your own or another member's anonymity. When there are, let's see, Maybe announce the topic again for the recording. Okay. Um, So the the topic of this meeting is on shame. It's called Bringing Shame to Light. Um, I thought that uh, it would be helpful uh, before we uh, really delve into this um, to try to define shame. And um, in a lot of the recovery materials, that I've read, um, it's been brought to my attention uh, from one particular book uh, of definition that I find particularly helpful. And uh, that definition is as follows. Shame is the intensely painful feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love and belonging. I find this really helpful um, to me uh, as I reflect back on the topic, um, I think uh, I find a lot of connections um, with shame, pride, fear, and perfectionism. Uh, I'm currently working steps six and seven around shame and perfectionism. Uh, I was raised by a perfectionist father uh, that uh, uh, really um, uh Cause me to um, feel that I need to be perfect in everything I do, um, and uh, really uh, it put a roadblock in my life moving forward. If uh, if I can't see a path to perfectionism, I don't get started on that path. And uh, it's really uh, through working the 12 steps in this program that I've been able to um, start to overcome that and start to work on uh, on my shame and perfectionism. Uh, when I think about shame and when I reflect on shame, physical symptoms come to mind. Um, uh, when I'm uh, in, the, in the presence of shame in my life, I get dry mouth. Um, I feel that time is slowing down. 
Um, I get tunnel vision. Uh, I get a hot face, uh, and I get a racing heart. Um, a lot of these, uh, a lot of these physical things, um, are similar when I'm, uh, when I'm in, when I'm in road rage, uh, when I'm, uh, uh, in, uh, fear, or when I get angry. But I, I, ex- I experience this especially around shame. And, uh, for me, these are, uh, these are good, uh, sort of touchstones, good things to be, uh, to be in, uh, to be aware of. Um, if I'm, if I'm feeling this, uh, this way, you know, I have to ask myself, is this, is this shame that's coming on? Um, is this something that I'm in touch with? I really feel that shame is custom made for sex addicts. We lead double lives. Uh, you know, the one life that we want others to see, we want our wife to see, we want our work, work, uh, workers to see, we want our boss to see. Uh, and then we've got this second double life, uh, this life that we have worked so hard to hide, uh, to shove and, and stuff down. And, um, uh, so really, uh, as a sex addict, I'm, I am custom made, um, to, uh, apply shame and to feel shame. Um, and shame loves to stay hidden. Uh, it, it just wants to stay hidden. Uh, and so for me in recovery, um, I'm taught, uh, you know, one of the, one of the key phrases that I find most helpful is name it, tame it. Um, and, uh, if I can bring my defects to light, if I can bring, uh, shame to light, um, I can begin to work on it. Um, so I really, in, in my, in my own recovery, um, there are a lot of things that uh for me uh shame wants to act around when i first came into the program uh first couple of years uh it was um the shame of saying i acted out again uh the shame of a slip um so as we're as we're first entering the program um you know we want to we want to um get help but we're afraid uh of of failure me in particular, um, I wanted to do this program perfectly from the first day that I walked in, and uh, and I and I had a hard time doing that, and uh, I really worked hard with my first sponsor around being honest around shame. Um, in fact, uh, I'm from Chicago, and uh, we several years ago uh, we had a we had a focus group just around being transparent and uh, around being honest. And what does transparent, being transparent mean? Um, it means, you know, opening up and, uh, uh, being honest, uh, right away. Uh, am I in my daily shares with my sponsor? Am I talking about my stuff? Um, am I being honest? Um, am I talking about my, uh, desire to slip? Uh, when I first came into the program, um, I thought that, uh, I could still watch pornography if I didn't masturbate, and that would be okay. Uh, I quickly learned that, um, you know, eventually uh, I'm going to masturbate, um, that if I continue to do this, if I continue to walk that fine edge, um, I'm going to fall off the cliff. The, the ditch is not too far from the center of the road if you're, uh, if you're doing that kind of stuff. So my sponsor encouraged me to, uh, to be transparent and to be honest and to bring uh the shame to light. So that's that is uh one area that for me uh has been very helpful. Another thing um that uh for me in particular um I was molested as a young kid. I think I was in 6th or 7th grade. I was molested by a scoutmaster who lived across the street from me. And uh this experience um I shoved way down, uh, so down and so deep that um, when I first got sober from alcohol, uh, when I was, I think, 22 or 23, and uh, went through counseling, that did not come out. Um, it didn't come out until I was actually working steps 8 and 9 in SA uh, around 2004, 2005, and I wanted to, on my step eight list, was this scoutmaster. And, uh, uh, 
I was going to make an amends to him. Um, and my sponsor uh, basically questioned me around this. Why is this, uh, why is the scoutmaster on your list? And um, I had turned it around. I had felt that I attracted this. I in- invited this, that I was in the wrong uh, for this. And um, he set me straight. He's like, Mike, if anybody needs to make an amends, it's the scoutmaster to you. Um, and he really helped me shed light on the shame that I carried for years uh, around this molestation, in part because I was a sex addict, and part of me enjoyed that, you know, that feeling that I got while I was being molested. The other part of me uh, was shamed uh, because of my upbringing. Uh, there was same-sex uh, stuff there. It was really mixed up. It was power over a younger person, his power over me. It's a lot of mixed up stuff, um, but I carried that shame, and uh, and it wasn't until working with my sponsor around that step eight that I really was able to get in touch with that. Uh, so that was uh, that was hugely important in my growth uh, in the program. And then just recently, um, I resigned from a job and a career that I had for 29 years uh, in Chicago. I'm a land use planner, and um, many administrations had been uh, of Chicago mayors and leadership had been uh, supportive of this one program that we had to keep this older industrial district intact. Uh, well, our current administration uh, and the former administrations um, liked manufacturing, which we were trying to keep in this inner city district. Uh, but the new administration, our current mayor, he's much more aligned with developers and uh, moneyed interests, and they want to convert this area and sort of gentrify it. And I had built my career around maintaining this district. And so when uh, when this administration, City Hall, wanted to change that, I went into shame mode. And uh, I was I went into deep shame around I was I've been doing something wrong. This program that we've worked on for years uh, is not right. I I was failing. And uh, and really uh, shame was operating in my life once again. And um, I had to use the steps of the program. I had to be honest with my sponsor and members of the group around that shame. I had to, I had to name it and then work on taming it. And I couldn't hide that shame. Um, if I did, uh, I, I felt the pressure of, of acting out. Um, so I had to do a step one on it. Um, and, and when you're dealing with shame and you're talking, uh, talking about it, it's best to talk to someone else who understands it, that you trust. Um, because if you are talking about your shame, like that molestation, with somebody who I didn't trust, um, it can be compounded. They can, uh, you know, uh, they can call me out on that. They can make me go deeper into my shame. So for me, around uh, the work stuff, uh, this latest struggle with my career, bringing it to light, talking about it, letting it go, um, giving it away to my higher power, uh, doing a step three on it, um, really uh, is, is kind of what I needed to do. So um, that's pretty much what I've got. Um, I'm grateful to be able to talk on the topic. Uh, again, uh, for me, perfectionism and shame kind of go hand in hand, and uh, my sexaholism just wants to hide that, just wants to stuff shame and when I am uh, able to talk about it, to share it, to let it out, I can move on, and I don't have to stay hidden. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Uh, great stuff. Uh, my name's Mitch. I'm a sexaholic. I just learned a lot. I don't know about you guys. Uh, So, uh, yeah, I was just uh, uh, reflect, trying to reflect a little bit on shame. You know, I've, I, I, I've had a hard time with shame all my life, so I figured I could uh, speak to it off the cuff here. I was thinking about, you know, you know, we were talking about de- definitions at the beginning, and, uh, you know, you think 
about guilt and shame. And I think about guilt, uh, guilt is when I've, you know, done, done something wrong and I'm, I'm guilty. You know, it's kind of like, you know, I, 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 it's just a fact. And I think shame is more of the, the feeling that I get when I've done something wrong. Uh, shame, I, I would, uh, uh, when Mike gave his definition of shame, I, I guess I would personally more categorize that, that definition as toxic shame. I think, uh, I think shame is good. Just like any feeling, any feeling is good. Uh, a little, a little shame is good. You know, it helps, it helps me to change. You know, if I, I feel bad because I've done something wrong, uh, you know, and, and that, that compels me to, uh, to want to change. That's, that's a good thing. Um, a little shame is good. My problem as an addict is, uh, you know, I, I, I can go into toxic shame where, you know, it's, it, it, where I'm, uh, I transfer that I've done something bad into that I am bad or that I am less than human or I, you know, I'm, I'm invalid. Uh, I'm not a, you know, I forget, I forget that I'm a child of God, you know, and, uh, and just glorious just by that alone. Uh, uh, and, uh, so it's, it's the toxic shame. And I think toxic shame for me just basically equates to pride. It's the, it's the other, it's, it's just, it's just the other side of pride. You know, when I, when I, uh, uh, give myself permission to think of, think of myself that way or to, or to accept others' criticism, internalize it in such a way that I'm, uh, that I believe I'm, a bad person, uh, or, or, uh, you know, not, not, not value, valuable as, as a person, uh, that, that's, that's pride, you know, who, who, you know, I, I don't have, I don't have the right to, uh, you know, uh, condemn others in that way, you know, I don't have the right to condemn myself in that way either, you know, um, and, uh, you know, shame, uh, shame is a good, uh, good feeder for lust, obviously. You know, when if, it, 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 it can very much lead to self-pity and, uh, uh, and, uh, you know, and of course, uh, it, it feeds the lust. You know, I, I used to call it the shame, the shame-lust connection. You know, I feel bad about myself, I gotta feel good, so I act out, which makes me feel bad, you know. You know, and I gotta act out some more and it just does downward spiral. Shame, lust, shame, lust, shame, lust. And, um, and so shame is, is to be taken very seriously. Toxic shame. And, 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 and regular shame is to be taken very seriously. It's to be dealt with expediently, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, fast. To be, to be transparent. I appreciated what you said, Mike, about, uh, you know, being transparent, being open. Don't, don't, don't just try to deal with it by myself. And, 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 and you know, and, and, you know, if I, you know, and sometimes when you're in a, you know, in that bad state of mind where, uh, you know, you just feel like you're a bad person. For me, sometimes the least thing I want to do is call somebody up, you know, cause I, I'm, af- I'm afraid that I'm going to get shamed more, you know. Or, or that my shame is going to increase, you know. Um, I, I think what you said about find, uh, you know, having people that you trust, um, uh, you know, I, I've had all kinds of sponsors, you know, and I've had sponsors who I would categorize as 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 hard ass, you know, and, and uh, you know, I got to admit. The, the most, probably the most effective sponsor in my life, probably the most important sponsor in my life. He, you know, he was he was in, he was incisive. He he always cut to the quick, and, you know, and he he challenged me and my weaknesses all the time, you know. And it was it was difficult for me because my my toxic shame wanted to feed on that, you know. Uh, but at the same time. Uh, he told he told a lot of he told a lot of truth and it, it was good for me and I, I learned more from him than anybody most influential person in my recovery uh, so it was good for me to have that but 
You know, it's also been good for me to have gentle sponsors, <laughs> you know, uh, people that are, or people that I can talk to that, you know, cause be, because of my capacity for toxic shame, if I, if I feel that someone's, you know, judging me with, with, the, with this first sponsor, sometimes I'd call them up, you know, it's like I'd have a hard time getting words out, <laughs> you know, I, because I was, I was afraid of, of, of his intuition, you know, into, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, and that he would, uh, he would reveal truths in me that I, you know, that I didn't understand myself. And, you know, and I had, I had, I had shame about, you know, you know, perfectionism about, about, uh, you know, not, uh, not, uh, figuring this stuff out for myself, <laughs> you know, and so it's, so, but, so, and that would affect my, verbal ability to actually talk talk to him you know um still he, 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 he's a great sponsor to have um but then they have the gentle sponsors i find myself i'm very easy you know very easy and very open and easy to to, to 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 share things that are going on in my life now some of these gentle sponsors however may not challenge me sufficiently <laughs> You know, they might, they might just have total acceptance, you know, and, uh, you know, and, uh, so it, it, it's good for me to have both of these kinds of people in my life. Um, sometimes I'll get a sponsor, you know, I'll share something and say, oh, you know, you should have challenged me a little bit more on, on that one. But, uh, I, I don't say that. I'm, uh, you know, that time, I, I accept the gentle, the gentle affirmation. Um, you know, but, uh, uh, you know, transparency is very important uh, in dealing with shame. Uh, it's my my mo in my recovery journey. I, I'm not the kind of guy that has great insight. I'm a guy that makes mistakes, you know, and then I share after the fact. Yeah, I made this mistake. I had this boundary cross. I I, I lusted, you know. I touched myself, uh, you know. I. Uh, I did this or that, you know, it's like I'm, I'm not, it hasn't been my MO to, uh, to, uh, necessarily call my sponsors before, you know, at, in the early beginnings of temptations to lust, you know, and say, you know, I, I have a desire to want to, uh, look at pornography or, I've, or I have a desire to want to go in the bathroom and touch myself a little, you know, it's like, my sobriety, I claim, is December twentieth, nineteen eighty-five. But it's been a very—it's been an imperfect sobriety with boundary crosses along the way. You know, my uh, my lust. Uh, uh, you know, I, I have I have not stopped. I have not stopped lusting. I, you know, I, I do not claim that. I have uh, my I, I have had progressive victory over lust. I can claim I can claim that hundred percent. I, I I lost way less than I used to. I can claim that, but I have boundary crosses, and I still lust, you know, and and uh, and sometimes they're somewhat significant, you know, and uh, and I, uh, you know, and 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 I'll call my sponsors after the fact, you know, you know, it's, you know, it's important for me to be transparent as soon as possible. Better if you can do it before you go too far, <laughs> you know, obviously. You know, uh, speed is the name of the game with, uh, for recovery. As soon as I'm aware of any kind of temptation, it's important for me to reach out to my higher power as fast as possible. And it's important for me to get on the phone as fast as possible. But sometimes I walk down the road a little bit, you know, and, uh, and I get into a little trouble and, uh, and then, you know, and sometimes when I'm in that, it's either I'm not aware that I'm in it, or slightly aware, or I'm pretending that I'm pretending that this is no big deal, you know. And then after after I've gone down the road, I realize, oh my gosh, this is a big deal. Oh my gosh, you're insane, you know. Oh my gosh, I don't need to talk to anybody about this, do I? You know. <laughs> And then, uh, and then, oh my gosh, I gotta talk, I gotta talk to everybody about this, you know. Uh, everybody, you know, everybody in my support, it's important to be transparent. Uh, and for me, I try to be transparent with my groups, with my sponsors, with everybody. And, uh, uh, you know, I, uh, 
I've been I've been using uh, uh, my 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 latest most diff- my latest trigger that I've been struggling with is Cialis. Um, you know, I'm in I'm in decline. I'm very jealous of you men who are older than me who are not in decline, by the way. But uh, I'm in decline, and uh, I'm 57, and uh, you know, and uh, my wife and I are active, sexually active. But uh, but I use Cialis. But I realized in starting when I started to use Cialis that while it works very well, uh, it's also it also can uh, act acts as a trigger for me to want to kind of, you know, lust for earlier times when I didn't need Cialis, you know, or it's a, you know, this baby's going to work good now kind of kind of attitude, you know, and I get excited about that. And, I, you know, the temptations to want to stroke myself just, just prior to uh, marital activity in bed are, have, have been strong. And I've had those boundary crosses. Um, where I stroked myself a little bit, you know, and, uh, and that's, uh, that's, that's, that's the latest. And, you know, this is a guy that's claiming 32 years of sobriety. So as I share that in my transparency, there's my shame that, oh, maybe there's some of you that are out there. You say, oh, yeah. Mitch is a fraud, you know, uh, I, or I think I'm a fraud, you know, and, uh, and, uh, you know, and I can, uh, you know, and, and I can take that and roll with it, you know, um, what I always come back to, though, on this is I try to be transparent. Uh, my my spon- I, I talk with my sponsors, uh, and uh, uh, and I uh, you know I maintain my sobriety date, and I can claim that I've had progressive victory over lust over all these years. That that I can certainly claim. It's it's gotten better and better and better. Um, uh, so I can say that I can say that with gratitude, uh, but. Uh, at the same time, it's, it's very important for me to be transparent when I've had these boundary crosses after the fact and not let the shame roll too long, you know, uh, uh, but to, to, to share this stuff as fast as possible. For those of you for, for doing something like that, is my time up? Yeah. Oh, thank you. Uh, that, uh, uh, claim, uh, that, that would feel the need to set your sobriety clock back. You know, I, I have, I have uh, admiration um, for you. Uh, that's that's not what I choose to do. Um, uh, you know, we're, we all we all got to be true to ourselves. So, I had some other things I wanted to share, but my time is up. So, with that, I'll pass. Thanks. So now we'll have uh, sharing, and um, it could either be questions for the panel or uh, just a comment. Hi, I'm Trisha. I'm Trisha, grateful recovering sexaholic. <clears throat> I have a bit of a cold, so. Um, I agree with a lot I've heard. Um, I've been kind of studying shame lately uh, and realizing that it is a very major part of why I did not want to come into the program and why a lot of women do not want to come into the program. I, my personal belief, everything I'm sharing is my own personal opinion. I believe that there's a ton more of shame for women to come into this program. I'm in another program which has 99% women, only 1% male. This program has 99% men, only 1% female. I wonder why, and I think it has to do with shame. I would say that it's important to distinguish guilt from shame. Guilt is, I'm sorry, I made a mistake, and I'll correct it. Mistakes are meant to be corrected, right? Shame is, I'm sorry, I am a mistake. There's nothing I can do. That feeds addiction. As a matter of fact, they've done studies. They found that shame has a direct correlation between addictions, violence, 
bullying, aggression, and one other thing, um, eating disorders. Guess who's got an eating disorder? <laughs> so if you have gaining weight, be careful. You may have another addiction developing. So with that difference in mind, um, we talked about uh, you talked about um, sponsoring. I think that when dealing with someone who has shame issues, and I, of course we all have that, I think that feeds our addiction. And before the addiction is perfectionism. My parents, I felt shamed by my parents, and I felt shamed by my extended family. They said to me, you're welcome in our home. Just don't bring your mom. Just don't bring your dad. That's a shame. That's a shame message. So in order to counter that shame, I had to be perfect. I remember um, a lady I lived with when I was in college, because I left home early, she said, why do you always buy such conservative? You don't have any color in your clothing. Everything is so conservative. Well, to be perfect, you have to be conservative. You know, you know I don't want to stand out. I don't want to fit in. That's another little shame issue. Um, the antidote to shame, I believe, is empathy. And as a sponsor, I try to support, empathize with, then I confront or I challenge. And I like to do it in a question form. Do you think you might? Is there a possibility? What, what's the reason for that? What do you think your, your thought, your motivation behind that is? And then support again. And I understand how you feel because I have experienced that and to share that. So, so some confronting is important, but I need to have and I need to give support on both ends. Finally, shame needs three things, I think. Secrecy, silence, and judgment. And, you know, when I, when I hear those three words, I think of people who have been traumatized. And how many times we, you know, my acting out was very secret. And I was not going to talk about that with anyone. And I judged myself about it. But the more I judged myself, the more secret I kept it. Yeah, and, and the more silent I was about it, the more I was going to act out because that was the way I dealt with things. And I was going to act out in this addiction or one of my others, and I have multiple addictions because I'm not an addict. <laughs> That's a form of denial, to have so many things going on that I, I don't see I have an addiction because I'm not, I'm not this, that, or the other thing. So that's all I have to Thank you. Peter, recovering psychoholic. Um, I have a sobriety date of November 27th of this past year. I had two years um, put together before that. Um, and uh, I really appreciate this topic because um, it's been the thing that I've struggled with. Um, Mitch, I appreciate your vulnerability because I uh, is share is the in the middle of the night kind of struggling with stroking myself but not to... Um, not to ejaculation or something like that. And uh, I appreciate it also Harvey sharing yesterday on kind of the, the definition of sex with self. Um, my question is, um, being that I don't have a lot of surprise, is more of a question um, around how you, and I, I realize every marriage is different and how marriages relate with this issue is different, but when and how do you tell your your wife? One thing I've learned about shame since being in there is that there is healthy shame and the healthy shame is what... Uh, a therapist calls a like guilt exposed, so um, not shame that says I am like the previous year I agree uh, I am this way. That's not that's not healthy shame, but guilt exposed. That's a healthy shame. Um, I know that I that and my wife have a very open relationship, and she we've been through an intensive. She knows all about this. We we talk about it openly, um, but I feel like sometimes she's almost more you need to set reset your sobriety date than I would initially feel. Um, so I just wanted to see how you talk with your spouse about these types of things and just open to your wisdom. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, Peter. You want to take that one or start? Sure. Uh, yeah, that's... Uh, I agree with you. Every marriage is different. <laughs> um, uh 
My wife has been pretty. Uh, she does. She doesn't uh, confront me or challenge challenge me too much. I, I think she uh, she's she's appreciative of my recovery and uh, and uh, thinks I'm working a, a good program with regards to uh, to, to uh, lust recovery and and stuff. But uh, but yeah, I've had this problem, you know, with uh, you know. With with wanting to touch myself just prior to marital sex, on and off for many years, and it's uh, uh, and now now that I've been in in decline more, you know, it's 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 been it's been a a more difficult thing, and so to, for me, we we have had some forth forthright conversations, you know, uh, just just open conversations on it. Um, uh, and she, you know, she's willing to be helpful. I mean, she's older than I am, so you know, I. Quite frankly, I'm not. I'm not sure how interested she is in in sex, but she she she, she never. She usually never says no. <laughs> you know, uh, she uh, she seems to want to accommodate. You know, uh, uh, she she does uh, she doesn't seem to be really excited about it. <laughs> but. Uh, uh, but uh you know we uh you know she uh, I, you know i had a converse you know uh, we, we were talking about cialis and uh i and, and she was saying well maybe you know we we really need to be uh more uh rigorous about uh the t- uh, the times that we have sex and maybe we need to have it twice when you take take the cialis you know and i mean so uh so I mean, just having the open conversations, uh, you know, uh, with her, you know, uh, to, to to risk that is good. I, I would say, with regards to to you know your own personal sobriety, uh, you, you should listen. You should listen to your wife, but you should also listen to your sponsor. You should pray, and uh, that's a very very personal personal thing. You know, obviously. Rigorous honesty, and it's about your own rigorous honesty, your integrity, your relationship to your higher power, your relationship to how you view your recovery, your your lust recovery, and, and your relationship with your wife. I mean, it all fits in, but in, but in the end, you decide. Uh, thanks. Thanks, Mitch. Yeah, I'll just uh, Mike, recovering sexaholic. I'll just um, make a couple of comments. Um, my wife and I, uh, my wife's an SNN. She's here this weekend. And uh, she's been in SNN as long as I've been in, uh, in SA. And um, uh, we're both, uh, you know, gaining a tremendous amount from these programs. We have uh, a pretty, pretty open marriage when it comes to um, discussing our recovery and sharing. Um, uh, I'll come home from SA meetings sometimes and talk about the topic and what it means to me and, and how it relates to our marriage. Um, and my wife will sometimes come home and, and share a topic. Uh, she maintains extremely good boundaries. Um, SNNs seem to really focus on that. SAs, I think, sometimes could use a little help with that. Uh, but, uh, uh, our, our uh, relationship has really been strengthened by our program, and um, uh, you know I think um, we share what we can share. My wife is currently going through um, chemotherapy. Uh, she got diagnosed uh, with cancer in August, and uh, it's been a tough road. But uh, that diagnosis has brought us together in a way that um, uh, I, I never thought was possible, um, and. Uh, Sexual intimacy is not on the table right now, but um, uh, other forms of intimacy are extremely important to us. Um, the night my wife was diagnosed, uh, I crawled into bed with her at the hospital. Um, she had all these tubes hanging all over her body, and I never felt closer to that woman um, than, than right then and there. And uh, I knew that uh, my recovery was strong, uh, that uh, my recovery was important um, because uh, I was going to be there for her and uh, I also told her that this is not uh, 
this is not something that I, I need to act out over. Um, this is something that I really need to double down and, uh, and be there, uh, and, and strengthen my, my sobriety and my recovery so I can be there. And, uh, so I'm grateful for the program and, uh, I'll pass. Thanks. Hi, I'm Scott. I'm a grateful recovering lust addict. Uh, I think it was Mitch that said that, uh, shame is like the other side of, uh, pride. And I'm, I'm not good at feelings and terms and stuff like that. I'm just wondering, and you probably already did this, but can you, I'm kind of remedial. I need, to, can you run through that again or give that a little bit more, build that out a little bit? And if Mike, if you had any comments about that, but it wasn't your comment. So if, but anyway, just, just, I, I mean, I'm, it's very curious when you said that. I'm like, oh my gosh. So, you know, shame means, and I'm going to try it here, but I want you to correct me or whatever, but, you know, I take shame because I'm too, my pride wants me to not have that bad thing happen to me or, or I shouldn't have anything bad happen to me or something. Anyway, I just want you to expand that if you could. Thank you. I, I think shame is pride because I think it's pride is, 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 is feeling righteous, harshly, harshly judging oneself, either in a positive way or in a negative way. I think, you know, uh, harshly, harshly judging oneself in a positive way is grandiosity or extreme pride, you know, and harshly judging in a negative way is, uh, is shame, you know. They're both, they're both pride for me. Uh, I would also say that shame is, uh, in, in another context, shame is lust. Uh, I think, uh, especially with regards to bo- body image, uh, when I see a person, when I view a person and I have like a, a repulsive reaction, that's, I'm, I'm shaming that person. That's lust though. I mean, it's, it's the same as viewing a person and being attracted. You know, I, shame is lust. When I view my own body and I have a lot of, I have a lot of body shame. That's, <laughs> that's a hard one I've gotten over. You know, I mean, it, I, you know, my, my, my mother used to, uh, uh, you know, she, she was very in tune to, to body parts and she would, you know, she would focus on my belly. My belly was too big. My arms were too small. You know, uh, when I first went into puberty and was in the bathtub, she came in and asked if she could see my penis. You know, so it was, uh, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of, I have a lot of body shame. You know, I, 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 I can't take my shirt off. You know, I feel very, uncomfortable taking my shirt off uh and it's all bullshit <laughs> you know it's a you know it, it it's all uh, you know to, to, to think of my to think of myself as a unworthy invalid person because my body is the way it is you know but that that shame is it's really it's really lust being repulsed at my own body or being repulsed at a so i think shame can be pride but shame can also be lust and i and i used i need to I need to uh, work with that kind of uh, lust the same way I need to work with the other kind of lust. You know, I need to surrender it as soon as possible. If I see myself in the mirror, you know, that shame-lust reaction, you know, I need to, you know, I need to thank you, God, for the trial and the victory. I need to turn it into joy, you know. You know, uh, so anyway, thanks. Hello, I'm Todd, sexaholic. Um, first of all, I want to thank you guys for asking questions. Like, I was prepared to get up here and just give a long share. Um, but uh, also, thank you, Mike and Mitch, for your shares, too. Uh, Mike, I think I hit uh, what hit home for me is that you described the physical symptoms of shame for me. Uh, I'm red complexion anyway. But when I go into shame, I, I turn into the tomato, you know, um, and my breathing, I can't breathe and, and, uh, start to sweat and tunnel vision and, uh, and, and I've heard, uh, you know, Mike also thank you for your share on, uh, progressive victory over lust also because I heard that share last night, 
I know Neil and uh, how he reset his sobriety. And, and I was just thinking this morning, my roommate shared it at breakfast that, you know, in the morning shower, he went there, you know, and, and it was like, oh, my God, what am I doing? So he was able to stop and and it is progressive victory over lust. Uh, my addict wants black and white. It just, you know, I'm sober or I'm not sober. And if I'm tempted, oh, I might as well just go and act out and, and complete the act. Uh, and as far as shame goes, I, I've had a prior sponsor that I know whenever I go into that shame attack or that toxic shame, he is the one that I need to call because, uh, he can relate to my shame and he can verbalize it and, and he knows exactly the key points to hit whenever I go into shame. Um, so that is very beneficial for me. Uh, I know exactly who to call when I go into that. Um, I'll, I've heard that, uh, the shares on, uh, shame is resentment turned inwards. He describes it as like just, just ripping of flesh, resenting myself. Uh, it's tearing apart me, but also liked how you brought up, uh, Mitch, that, uh, shame is pride. Like, I am incapable of having any mistakes or any flaws. I am not human, just like everybody else. Uh, I'm not able to make mistakes. I have to look perfect. I have to be perfect. And, and that's like that perfectionism, yeah, as far as pride goes. Uh, and you also brought up glorious to be a child of God. Like, Like, that's enough. That's more than enough, you know? just to be born and to be alive on this planet. Uh, and, <laughs> yeah, as far as perfectionism goes, I won't even start projects uh, also. Uh, if I can't see the perfect way out of, uh, uh, out of something, and I'm reminded we're as sick as our secrets also, uh, I have to share... Uh, Especially when I don't want to share, I know I have to share in these rooms. Uh, prior sponsors would probably not believe that I'd even get up here and share in front of a group of people, but the program calls me to do it for the benefit of others, not just myself. So uh, just being in the spirit of giving, uh, I really appreciate you guys getting up here. Thank you for this topic. We're just about at the end, so I'd like to uh, say that we'll take two more, two more, and then we'll then we'll end with the serenity prayer. Thank you very much. Uh, my name is Ray. I'm a sexaholic. Uh, sobriety day is two nine of twenty fifteen. Uh, I want to thank everybody for their shares. Um, I, I'm, it, it's unbelievable how I can still learn something uh, every day um, about my disease. I even got an aha moment earlier, and it, I, I'm just. I thank God for that. However, uh, my cause sitting here is other than uh, to give you a message, so please don't shoot me. Uh, at the end of this uh, meeting, I was told that everyone be kind and return the chairs where you got it from and exit immediately so they can start tearing down these walls and set up for lunch. Uh, other than that, uh, thank God for this group and have a blessed day. Hi, I'm Dustin. I'm a sexaholic. Uh, when I first came into this program, I dealt with horrific anxiety. Um, I could not sleep, was on all sorts of medication, and that was brought on by really, really toxic shame. Uh, one of the things that I would do is I would go to my boys' room. They sleep in the same room. They're five and three, and it was the only place I felt safe. Um, I would go and just crack the door and I could hear their sound machine and they had a nightlight on and, um, and I would watch them sleep. And one night, um, well, caveat, when I first came into the program, probably like a lot of people, I was my own God and I was a horrible God. <laughs> um, I, I hated the God that I grew up with. Um, I was having a very challenging time listening to my sponsor help me, um, understand a higher power of my own understanding. Um, but one night I had an epiphany 
um, I was watching my my little boys sleep, and I just kept thinking, man, look how peaceful they are. They're so peaceful. They're no, they have no shame. They have no guilt. They have no fear. They have no anxiety. Um, even though they drive me nuts, and they know they drive me nuts, um, they know that I absolutely love them. There is nothing I would not do for them. Um, there's no judgment of them at the end of the day. I don't criticize them. They're, they're never not going to be my sons. They are always going to be my little boys, no matter what. And I was standing there and I thought, man, as effed up as I am, if I can love these two little boys like that, how much more does my higher power love me? And it was like all the things my sponsor said and all the things that I've been reading in the big book just kind of crystallized. And that's when shame began to to really dissipate for me because I realized just like how I see my little boys, that's how my higher power sees me. I'm not imperfect. I'm not. He sees me as this perfect little boy. Do I make mistakes? Sure. Do I drive him nuts sometimes? Absolutely. But but am I always going to be his son, and, and is he always there for me, just like I am there for my boys? Yeah, 100%. Um, and, and that is what helped me. And, and honestly, it is only because of this program that I was able to reconnect with my higher power like that. Because had I not come into this program, I would have been dead shortly before I came into this program. Had I not died, which I'm pretty sure I would have, um, I definitely would have never reconnected with God ever. So I'm so grateful for this program and what it can do for our lives. Thanks. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for the shares. Uh, we'll end with the serenity prayer. to thank you for listening to this episode of the daily reprieve the best source for experience strength and hope for sa members please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes please show your support by donating to the daily reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking donate now Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.